0: You, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to theAwesomeA.com NBA Strategy Show presented by Underdog Fantasy. I am Dave Lockman, at Lafay underscore D on Twitter. L o u g h y underscore D. <clears throat> For those of you podcast listeners, joined by Adam Share at Ship My Money DFS, coming back from the weekend, and what a weekend it was, man! You had John ja Morant going down. We'll talk about that. James Harden looking like James Harden again. Jimmy Butler dropping a forty-point game, trying to wheel Miami to victory, and then Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Dude, Luka is really something special.
1: Yeah, a uh, two-series that you and I thought might be kind of dead. Both tied. Two
0: yeah, two we were wrong. Yeah, very wrong. I, I actually was going to open the show with couldn't have been more wrong about that. Uh, granted. There's a couple things that go first of all. Miami's shooting has been terrible, but Philly shot terribly in the first. I don't know. You and I always say, like, three point shooting is super volatile. There's so much variance when it comes to, uh, even if you're a good three point shooting team, there are nights where you just don't shoot. And
1: yeah, and it typically doesn't have anything to do with the opposing defense. What's that? I said it typically doesn't have much to do with the opposing defense. So it's not like, with three point shooting, typically at least, it's not like oh well they shot poorly from three because they're facing Miami. It's more likely to be they shot poorly from three because the ball just didn't go in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jeffrey said, "Gloat, Laffy, uh, gloat, Laffy." And Adam, I love you, but I want Josh today. I mean, oh, I mean, I'll, oh I'll hit glo- him
1: up. He can have my spot.
0: I think he's saying gloat. No, Josh and I had a conversation yesterday. He had said that he thought um he had said that he thought. Well, hold on, Josh. Now he's coming and saying, hope you clowns didn't play Harden yesterday. Guy stinks. I was just about to defend you. But the the argument was that you said Jimmy Butler was one of the worst plays on the slate at
1: 8,900. Oh, Josh is still doing the thing where he pretends Jimmy Butler doesn't project better than James Harden.
0: Yeah, and we came to an agreement because their player props, like their point rebound assist, the prop was one, one off. It was 34 and a half, 35 and a half. The conversation wasn't, is Harden unplayable? I I just said that I thought Butler was a much better play than he did. And he's been literally doing everything for the Miami Heat uh in the postseason. So yeah, I mean I, I actually played Harden
1: I, I played Harden in my two thousand dollar lineup. I didn't play Butler, but it was just because I couldn't find the money. Um but I once again had Butler projected a couple points higher than Harden. So once again I'm better at this than Josh.
0: And <laughs> Harden was really good. I mean, well, hold on. He he also turned the ball over five times in the first half. Didn't look great. But then he knocked down four threes in the fourth quarter and just went, oh, okay, he said it wasn't a shot at me. Okay, so yeah, that, then I see. What, if you're talking to the people that were saying you can't play Harden, totally got you, totally got you. But Jimmy Butler's on a rampage right now. Like, if it wasn't for Butler in, the, in games three and four, Miami's not even competitive, dude. Like, Tyler Hero's been awful. Bam was terrible in game three. That, uh, if it wasn't for Butler scoring 73 points in two games, this team is, you know, obviously they lost anyway in both of those, but they wouldn't have even
1: been competitive. Yeah. Butler's been playing out of his mind all postseason, but especially recently.
0: It was, it was really, and I, well, I want to get into to a couple of things that happened over the weekend as well. But uh, just since that last game, fresh in the mind, when it comes to Philly and, and Miami, the what we saw from Harden late in that game, I don't know I don't know if he's back. And I was I wanted to get your thoughts on this too. I don't know if he's back. I don't know if it was just a, uh, a just a really great game, but it was by far. Forget about fantasy points. If you watch the game, it was by far the best game we've seen James Harden play, particularly in clutch situations since he has joined the 76ers.
1: Yeah, and I'll start by saying I didn't watch the game, but okay. Um he did have a higher usage rate in that game than you had seen for any of the recent games, who's at 32%, which led the team. Um, I mean, I, I was with Josh as far as, I don't think Harden was ever gone. Like, he's not what he was years ago, but that's what happens with age. Um, so, like, I'm not, I don't know, I don't, I don't view him any differently after this game. Like, I always thought this game was there. It's just that he's not going to do it every, every day like he used to.
0: I do view him differently, and I'll tell you why. If you look at the fourth quarter of that game, Bam out of bio, literally made it. And I'm using the term literally, literally, right? I I'm using it accurately, not how someone sees something scary and they're like, I literally shit my pants. No, you, I mean, I hope you didn't. You know, people use that, that term pretty poor, literally made it impossible to get the ball to Joel Embiid down low or to get the ball to Joel Embiid at all. So Harden goes, all right. And just took over in the fourth quarter. So if you have that mentality where you're just willing to take over when you can't get Joel Embiid the ball, it does. I don't know if you can project him any differently than that, but I think you start seeing these games again where he's not finishing with like 16 points.
1: You know what I well, mean? That goes back to kind of what you and I talked about Um, two games ago when it seemed like Embiid was going to come back was does it actually make Harden a little bit better from a DFS standpoint? We both said that, yeah. Yeah, with with Embiid out, you knew Miami was just going to, you know, do what they could to force the ball out of Harden's hands, get it to Maxi, get it to Harris. Now, while I'm sure they would still rather, you know, if they're going to lose, that they get beat by Maxi or Harris, they're not going to let Embiid beat them. They they would rather, you know, Harden do what Harden does. Um, So I, I, I do think that even though, like with Embiid being back, I think it's less likely you get a, a, you know, a random game where Harden has like 42% usage or something than if Embiid were out. But I, I do think it does kind of just open things up more for Harden.
0: For sure. And I still don't think he's the same guy in terms of explosiveness, getting to the basket. I, I, I,
1: As he used to be, no.
0: No. But he can still get it done. He's still very you know? good.
1: He's just not, yeah. you know, one of the best scorers in the like, you know, the best scorer in the league anymore, or the second best scorer or whatever.
0: And you'll see certain like Sixers fans or just casual basketball fans like, see Maxi knife to the rim with that explosiveness and be like, "Man, I remember when Harden did that. He never really did. He was never a guy that was just you know zero to sixty in, in a second like that wasn't yeah, his he's style. He's always
1: been more of like he he str- he just kind of bully his way in,
0: right? Yeah,
1: and but, then get fouled and fall over the floor.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scott Foster re- ref that game last night too, but
1: oh, yeah,
0: yeah." Well, you know, uh, CP3 Yeah, yeah. I, and... I actually
1: assumed he was refing the Philly or the Phoenix game when Paul fell it. out with eight minutes to go.
0: He, I, you would certainly think so. And then apparently someone shoved his family or
1: something and got. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I haven't seen a, a clip of it. I saw Paul say it.
0: But Dallas tying that series up is is insanely impressive, too. Right. I mean, I, I both of us thought that Philly and uh, Philly after going down 0 two was in real trouble. And then. Dallas going down 0-2. Now every all of these teams have won both of their home games, but I mean Luka Doncic can just put a team on his shoulders. Uh, you know they're trying to guard him with Jalen Brunson. It's not going to work. Like you can't. Or, I'm not, not Jalen. I'm sorry. Um, they were trying to guard him at times. Who was I forget who it was? But just like just towering over these guys, way bigger. They can't guard him. Jalen Brunson would be odd given that they're on the same team, but he's he's really difficult to stop right now and if this team's going to continue shooting three as well we might have we might have two seven game series that we're talking about
1: yeah uh, agreed
0: what do you make of of the jordan pool incident do you think he should have been penalized for that after the fact
1: i didn't see it you didn't no that was on saturday right
0: yeah uh against yeah, John I, was Morant, at the
1: golf, I was at the golf tournament
0: where he, they said he grabbed his uh he grabbed his knee yeah, I didn't see it. Oh, okay. It's hard to say. Didn't look, It didn't look bad, but it was odd. It, was like he, it didn't look like it would really hurt him, but now he's not expected to play. Yeah, campaign. Thank you, T O Deck. It was. It was campaign. So I don't know, but we'll talk about that today because John Morant is doubtful. They're 10-point dogs. 10, 10 is a lot of points, man. They played pretty well without John Morant. 10's a lot of points but let's dive into it hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet happy to have you guys with us hopefully you had a great weekend subscribe to the channel as well help us get there help us get to 100k it's gonna take a while but we'll make it happen and if you haven't done so and you want to hit that join down below get the free super chats each month the custom emojis those sweet badges you see them all of them when's to deck get nice stuff he should be close to a year uh and we'll always prioritize your questions and comments Along with uh, premium discords uh premium Discord members, all right. So let's kick it off with Boston and Milwaukee. I'm going to ask you a question first. What do you think the series line is on on Boston Milwaukee right now?
1: I'd actually meant to look that up earlier since I have the Boston. All right, side. so I um, looked it up last night.
0: Tell I me what. I think. don't
1: even know what the score in the series is actually.
0: Celtics or Milwaukee's up two one in the series.
1: Okay. Uh, Milwaukee minus like, I don't know, two fifty.
0: Milwaukee minus
1: 160.
0: Okay. Yeah. What do you think the Warriors are at?
1: They're also up to one. Yeah. Well, Warriors should be with with Morant hurt. uh, Right. um, 300. 1,000. Oh, okay. That's the gap.
0: Yeah. Minus 1,000. So very interesting coming into this heat. Minus 150. Suns are still minus 260. We're going to have some fun basketball down the stretch, but let's talk about Boston first. Uh, Jason Tatum, last game out, not exactly what you're looking for out of a guy who's just been so dominant, was amazing against the Brooklyn Nets, finished with what, 10 points, I think it was. When we go back to Boston today, well, back to the the Celtics, of course, the game is in Milwaukee. When you're talking about the top dogs for Boston, whether it's Tatum uh, and then Jalen Brown, those two guys really, and then it, it falls off. How much of them do you want to get to?
1: Um, I mean, I I still think both guys look very good at their respective salaries. Uh, 9,700 for Tatum on DraftKings, Kings, 8,200 for Brown. You know, these guys are going to play a lot of minutes. Um, So yeah, I mean, I, I still like getting there. You don't have John Morant. So that takes away one pay up option on the slate. You basically have Giannis and then, you know, like Curry up there, I guess. But uh yeah, I think that Brown and Tatum, also the fact that they are multi-position eligible and in Brown's case has guard and forward, so you get the extra roster spot. Um, I think they both look good here.
0: All right. I think they do too. I mean, ultimately, you only have two games to choose from. Right. And while Jason Tatum, like I was saying, was wildly underwhelming last game. and mind you, this is a game too that they only lost by, they only lost by a bucket. Uh, I I didn't see this one, I believe, and Chad could correct me if I'm wrong. I I think Horford had a shot to win this game – or, sorry, to tie it up and and missed late, you know, towards – at the buzzer. Tell me if I'm wrong. I I can't remember. I didn't see that game. But Tatum was 4 for 19. He shot 0 for 6 from 3. It was just a horrible game. You know, he he was 9 for 19 from 3 in the first two games. To me, this is more of a throwaway than anything else. Like, I'm not saying – Go ahead, what
1: uh, In this series so far, Tatum's only at 0.97 DraftKings points per minute with a 25% usage rate, but he also has a 46.9% true shooting percentage. So it's a situation where, you know, yeah, it is a difficult matchup, and maybe he's just, you know, he's not going to shoot what he normally does, but he's not going to shoot 46.9% over a large sample either. And if he's making his shots, he, he's likely to see more usage as well. So um, I do think that there's probably something to be said in the decreased usage just because um, – you know, it could certainly be a situation where Milwaukee would just rather somebody else beat them. But I do think you're going to see more production from Tatum uh, as, you know, the sample size gets gets larger.
0: And he's played 40, 41, and 43 minutes. Right. He's going to play 40 minutes every night, which I like. You know, um, one other thing to to consider here, the rebounding on Jason Tatum. To me, it's very strange. And I mentioned this to Josh in the first series that his average rebound distance, not something I reference all that often, but is way higher than it was in the regular season. And I'm wondering, is he just playing further away from the basket? His rebound totals have been awful. It's funny because all, all throughout the, the, the post season, he's had a rebound prop of six and a half. Maybe it's down at this point, but I don't think it's moved. He hasn't cleared that once. In in seven games, dude. He's just he's not rebounding well. And we saw him rebound, you know, average around eight rebounds per game in the regular season.
1: Do you know what his rebounding percentage is in the series?
0: If if I had to guess, it's probably like seven percent.
1: We're talking Tatum, right? Yeah. Yeah. 4.2. Wow.
0: His rebound rate is 4.2%.
1: His total rebounding percentage is 4.2%. Well,
0: I mean, you know what? It's he has 10 rebounds in 124 minutes.
1: Right. Yeah, actually, looking now, um, I don't know how quickly I'll be able to get it pulled up, but I just wanted to compare his rebound chances compared to, like...
0: I can do it right now. So, well, regular season, he averaged 11.9 rebound chances per game. Okay.
1: 36?
0: Uh, I, I don't have... I'd have to do the math. I don't...
1: I'll I'll figure it out. But, yeah, go ahead.
0: So... 11.9 rebound chances per game for Jason Tatum in the regular season. Um, and I, well, hold on. He played what? He played.
1: Oh, he played 36 minutes.
0: Yeah. So it's, there you go. So he had 11.9 per 36 in the postseason so far rebound chances per game on Tatum are 7.7, 7.7 rebound chances per game. Uh, In the quarterfinals against Brooklyn, it was 7.8. Average rebound distance was 10 feet from the basket, which is very strange. And then in this one, he's averaging uh, 7.7 rebound chances per game.
1: Yeah. In this series, he's averaging five fewer rebound chances per 36 minutes than he did in the regular season.
0: Right. And... And the crazy thing is it, yeah even if you didn't take per 36s he's playing 41 minutes and still averaging five fewer it's nuts so no he's averaging more than five fewer per per 36.
1: yeah and and also horford uh do you know what horford's rebounding percentage is in this series
0: uh well, 17 rebound chances per game, so I'm going to say it's pretty good. I'm going to say it's, like, 16%.
1: Yeah,
0: 17%. Okay. That's nuts. It, I mean,
1: 12%.
0: I'm not trying to pretend like it changes anything massively, excuse me, significant with Tatum, but... It's worth it, noting.
1: I mean... What? The, the, the decrease in usage and the decrease in rebound chances, it's not to say that, like, you can't just come out and have a typical Jason Tatum game. Right. He's still really, really good, but um you know it, it does make me like him a little bit less than I would if he was just out there torching Milwaukee every game yeah because it's not there's a difference between saying to me there's a difference like recency bias where it's just like oh this guy had a 35% usage rate he shot really poorly so he had a bad game and now I'm not going to play him the next game is typically a mistake i get a little bit more concerned when you're saying like over a 3 game stretch the usage is down the rebounding is down. Rebounding doesn't exist. Right. In the same matchup too. You know, it's not like we're talking, you know, about the regular season where it's like, oh, well he was in a shitty matchup two games ago. And then now he's in a good matchup. So who cares? You are talking about the same team using, you know, that, that is game planning for Jason Tatum. So I, am more concerned. I'm not that concerned that he's not, that he hasn't shot well. I am more concerned that the usage is down and the rebounding is down. Um, You know, and again, it's not to say like, don't play Tatum. Um, I I do think that, he just looks a little bit worse now than he would if those concerns didn't exist.
0: I agree. How else do you want to approach uh Boston tonight?
1: Uh so I mean I, I still like Brown. Uh 8200 price tag. Usage rate is about the same as Tatum's in this series at 25.7%, rebounding percentages at 12%. Uh he's averaged 1.15 DraftKings points per minute. So I do like Brown at 8200. Horford's been good. Like he's averaged 37 and a half minutes per game in this series. Uh leads the way with 17 rebound chances per game like you said. Um 6600s 6, of a pretty healthy price tag but I do think that there's still you know some upside there smart and, and Williams both look fine as well.
0: let's flip it over to the uh, Milwaukee side of this. by the way free content today decent amount of it NBA player rankings, MLB ownership rankings and NHL player projections everything all of that free today but if you actually are, are looking to, to get serious or you just want to take a look, Behind the curtain, see what the tool, you know, the tools we reference all the time from ownership to the boom bust tool, the top stacks, top pitchers, all the simulation tools that we have, uh, the lineup builder, everything, right? All of our projected stats, you name it, which would usually be, what is it, $29.95 a week, Jordan, for the Awesome Plus Platinum, I think, right? Yeah. $7 for seven days or seven days for $7. It's $1 a day. If you go to awesomeo.com/promos, that's all you have to do. Click the link. It's Luca, or not, not a link. What? What? It's just uh, It's you just click it. You'll see Luca, or just use Luca at checkout. But I'm telling you, it's way easier just to go to awesomeo.com/promos. Make your life way easier. It's literally one click. Get everything on the site. Every sport: football, yes, we have USFL, uh, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, NASCAR, PGA, esports. Tennis, soccer projections. I, if they have contests out there, we have content for it for all of them. You're not going to find that anywhere else, and you're not going to find tools like this. So uh, if there's ever been a time to take advantage of it, maybe you just don't have the money to pay 30 a week or you just didn't want to, this is the chance to do it for a dollar a day, seven days for $7. Use the promo code LUCA or just go to awesome.com slash promos and get it. Oh, and join our premium Discord too. You got the premium Discord, great community, and, of course, Office Hours channel where you get the pros answering your questions, helping you better your game while you're over there. All right, talk about Milwaukee. Giannis Antetokounmpo, huge game last time out, 42-12-8 and with four stocks. He's just you know purely as dominant as you could possibly get, and no matter how good this Milwaukee defense is, he's, Boston. or Boston defense is, this guy just produces.
1: Yeah, just ridiculously good. Um, you know that the playing time typically is gonna go up in a competitive series as well. He's played 114 minutes through the first three games, so you're talking about thirty-eight minutes per game, one point six three DraftKings points per minute, forty and a half percent usage rate, forty-nine percent assist percentage, sixteen percent rebounding percentage, just doing everything, playing really, really well. You know, yeah, he's expensive, but I think it's it's kind of it's the same as we've seen on the um slates with Luca recently, where He just projects so much better than everybody else on the slate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's really the same thing at this point. And when you get Giannis playing playoff minutes, it's even better. Like, he might not play Tatum 43 minutes in a game, but you're getting 38, 39 minutes from Giannis every single game. He's going to get to the line at a high clip. He's going to rebound well. There's no Middleton, which increases his assist rate. He's a good shot blocker. He does everything. You're right. We don't need to say anything else about him. He's, he's the best player on this slate. Um, and there's likely going to be no John Morant either, because let's be fair. While John Morant isn't on the same level as Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, you know, as a player or from a DFS standpoint, he's playing like it recently, particularly in the postseason. So that's a huge, huge loss, and we'll get to that in the next game. But if, if we were to break down the rest of Milwaukee, You have Giannis, and then you have Holiday, who's been in that odd, like hovering around the 8K range uh, ever since Middleton went down. How do we approach a guy like him tonight?
1: Yeah, I mean, the AK price tag on Holiday, I think, is still decent. In this series so far, he has a 30% usage rate. He's averaged 1.13 DraftKings points per minute, a little over 38 minutes per game. The thing that I think is a little bit difficult is that that is basically the same price range as Jalen Brown. And because Brown gives you more positional flexibility, I think that you get to him a little bit more. Um, Holiday only being a point guard versus Brown being shooting guard, small forward. And then also, you're going to have a very strong mid range today because of John Morant being out because they're being doubtful um, because it's going to make guys like Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks look better not to mention you have Tyus Jones who's basically a free square for everyone except Antoine Murphy in chat at the point guard spot <laughs> um, so it, it makes it just a little bit more difficult from a roster instruction standpoint to to get to holiday but that being said I still think he's underpriced I still, still think he's a very good play and he should get some ownership here
0: I will say that I just saw a comment on Twitter the, the the only thing that's annoying about the Joel Embiid Jokic MVP thing and and I, like I said I, I think Jokic totally deserved it. I spent the morning like texting buddies who are who are saying Ah oh, Embiid should have won it. Like, yeah he I mean no Jamal Murray no no Michael Porter Jr. took him in a tough Western Conference to the playoffs. Only guy to ever finish with two thousand points thousand rebounds and five hundred assists. All of that right like Jokic deserved it. But Adam, the one thing that drives me nuts is the people who just completely ignore defensive impact on a
1: team. What were you? But, talking about?
0: Never mind, dude. You're the fucking worst, man. I <laughs> swear to God, I can't. Swear to God, I can't. I, I, I was, I was still reading more together.
1: about how we. I, I was reading more about how we shouldn't play Tyus Jones today.
0: Yeah, we already know Antoine Murphy's not going to play Tyus Jones. I said the. You know, forget about it. I'm not you, even you, get were,
1: it. were you talking about Jokic and Embiid?
0: Yeah, I, I you, yeah, I went back. To, I even, dude, I even say your name. Like, maybe he'll actually, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I heard, I heard the end about defensive impact, and assume that's what you were talking about. Yeah, I'm
0: saying that people that I think Jokic should have won it, but the people that don't factor defense into MVP voting on Twitter are idiots.
1: I also think people wildly underestimate I, I think people think that Jokic is much worse at defense than he is
0: I'm not saying he's bad at defense. No, I I'm saying Embiid's elite at defense so
1: that's sure. why except for when he's getting torched in the pick and roll repeatedly uh repeatedly
0: who Embiid yeah yeah okay I mean I, I don't talk- remember
1: I don't remember what game it was it just stood it was like four straight possessions that just targeted him I think I think it was last series it
0: it was it was it was precious Achua as the roll man is that what it was yeah, they went to Precious Achua yeah, and Bruce. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it was that uh it was that half or that quarter where a just went absolutely nuts.
0: Yeah. They figured it out though. All right. Let's get back Walkie on Bruce track. The day
1: Adam found chat.
0: <laughs> I know I do. When you used to not know about chat, it was a lot easier to do <laughs> shows around here. Is there value here? Conaton, uh Brooke Lopez is cheap. Bobby Portis is a mid-range price, but Grayson Allen's the guy that was a, a big time big showed up big time in that Chicago series. And he is clearly as expected, come back down to earth. So uh, I don't think, and his playing time, I'm not necessarily sure. Do we get 28 from him again? Do we get 25 from him? But uh, I think him and Connaughton now, what, the last series, it was like Allen far outplayed him, but at this point, Connaughton's coming off a 33 minute game. So it could be him again today.
1: Yeah. Nothing surprising about, you know, Allen coming back to earth. Um, did move into the starting lineup in place of Portis last game played 25 minutes, um, only a 6% usage rate for this series. He only has a nine and a half percent usage rate. Um, shooting has come back down. He has a 50% true shooting percentage in the series. Um, it certainly difficult to trust him 4,200. You can still take shots. Like he's cheap. He's probably playing, you know, upper twenties in minutes, but I still think that between him and Connaughton, you're going to get the Connaughton first, just because Connaughton is $600 less expensive and, uh, probably projects even a little bit better. The one thing that Allen does have working in his favor, at least on DraftKings, is that um, Allen is shooting guard small forward, whereas Connaughton is just shooting guard. I don't know. if you're w- When you're going to have multi-position eligibility, I don't know how Pat Conanton possibly only gets one position, but uh, that's that's the case. So that's kind of the one negative for Conanton here, plus the fact that I assume he's going to be higher owned. Um, but so far in this series, 0.71 DraftKings points per minute for Conanton, 0.53 for Allen. I expect similar playing time from them um, as well.
0: Anybody else from Milwaukee?
1: Um, I think Portis is kind of tough to get to now that he went back to the bench. I think that's just enough of a uh, enough of a you know cap on his, or limitation on his minutes, where you know last game he still played 25 and a half. If he were to close, he could still get to 30. So in tournaments, sure, you know because it him coming off the bench will drive down ownership, but it it makes it a lot more difficult to get there. And then Lopez at 4600, you know, just really hasn't been overly involved um 0.89 DraftKings points per minute so far in this series last guy in would be fine but nothing that I'm really going out of my way to get to so I think as far as priorities it's Giannis followed by Drew and then from a value standpoint um I think Connaughton looks the best but if you wanted to go to like Grayson Allen as a pivot I think that's fine as well we
0: got a lot of shows coming up today too you got the MLB strategy show immediately after this at 11 eastern Mock Draft Mondays, too. Matt Kajeski, Nick Leprey. That's going to be fun. That's on our Best Ball channel, which we do have. You should subscribe for sure. MLB Live Before Lock at 4.30. MLB Deeper Dive to Or NBA Deeper Dive 5.30. 6.30. We got Josh and myself on Live Before Lock. That's going to be fun. We're taking you up to lock and 30 minutes through it. Going to hang out afterwards, do some fun stuff. So uh, we'd love to have you join us. But, yeah, the, the Mock Draft Mondays. They're doing underdog drafts. They, underdog's got a $10 million prize pool. $10 million prize pool for the this NFL season coming up. Huge. And if you use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, they'll double your first deposit up to $100. Up to $100. Use the promo code AWESEMO. They'll double it. And if you're not ready to get in on NFL drafts yet, they still have very solid nightly NBA contests as well. The $25,000 Monday Night Hoops tonight, 5K up top. It's over at underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code AUSIMO when you sign up uh, and check it out. They got player prop contests too. Uh, and these NBA contests are sick. It's not the same thing that you're doing uh, at the other DFS sites. You know, snake draft, you're actually drafting players. And the strategy that you employ into something like this is different which takes you know some thinking and a little bit of skill and i think well we've had a lot of people screenshotting us wins from underdog ever since they came back as our sponsor so check it out underdogfantasy.com or go and download the app but be sure to use the promo code awesome a-w-e-s-e-m-o
1: you think me Uh, being in chat is bad wait until uh nfl season starts to approach and i'm doing underdog drafts during the show
0: yeah, I mean, that's going to be great, dude. <laughs> we just broadcast that <laughs> to everybody. Memphis and Golden State. John Morant, doubtful to play today. He's going to play. Like, I don't actually think he will, but I would not be shocked if he did. And it's just like, oh, I'm going to tough it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the postseason. Whenever a star is doubtful, I just kind of read it as like, how good is he at talking his way onto the floor?
0: Right. I read it as he's probably not going to play very well if he plays but he might. Like Kyle Lowry is not right right now. He's Oh not. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: A lot but of like, these. Yeah, I mean I guess Embiid from a fantasy standpoint at least hasn't been great either but that could just be Miami.
0: Yeah, a lot of that's Miami. He 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 had the, he definitely wasn't 100% in these games. But, you know, I, 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 of I course mean, yeah,
1: he, has, he has a broken face and a torn thumb. Of course he's not 100%.
0: Yeah. Yeah, coming off a concussion. Not great, Bob guys, guys a warrior, but with Tyus Jones, we just, I mean, as of now, we're, we're assuming that the John Moran is not going to play. Our ownership projections have him and our, well, our player projections have him out Tyus Jones, 75%. So obviously Tyus Jones is the best play and value on the slate, but I, I want to look at this with you with a little bit of nuance and, and ask you this. Since Tyus Jones' role in the rotation has actually shrunk lately more than it was, I mean, this is a guy that was closing out some games, granted foul trouble from certain starters played into that. Is it possible that Tyus Jones doesn't get the same type of rotation that he normally would in the regular season if John Morant was out?
1: I'd be pretty surprised because... So during the regular season, Jones started 23 games without Morant. So this is point number one with and 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 like I'm picking on Antoine Murphy because he's the one that said it but it, there's always people that are just like they pick the most popular player and they're like oh I'm not playing that guy so point number 1 for why that's just dumb um the the prices on Jones are insanely cheap he's 3400 on draftkings i think he's 3700 on fanduel the sites completely dropped the ball on this it kind of ruins the slate um from a dfs standpoint but so for one he's cheap enough where Even if he does play 22 minutes, he's going to be a good value. Um, But he's averaged 30 minutes per game in all of these games that he has started without Morant. He's averaged 0.96 DraftKings points per minute in those games. And the thing is, Jones is a good player. Like He's a good backup, and he steps into the starting lineup. He he facilitates well. Um, He's not somebody where I'm concerned about him like getting benched because he's not playing well or something. He typically just plays well. Um, I think that, you know, if you wanted to make the case and and I've seen, you know, his name come up too. If you wanted to make the case that like the Anthony Melton's a good play at 4,800. Sure. Um, He's been getting more minutes. He's a good fantasy producer. Morant being out certainly shouldn't hurt any, but you're still talking about somebody that's $1,400 more expensive than Jones. And I'd just be very surprised if, if Jones, doesn't get starters minutes here because he is actually good and we have seen it happen for like a quarter of the season already
0: how do you feel about playing melton and jones together
1: i I don't have any issue with it
0: yeah me neither i mean last game was was out of control the benches got emptied like tillman closed but that doesn't really matter he's basically a, a bench player at this point uh, no, he's just somebody that's going to play a little in the first and, and, and second half. He did see a, a bigger rotation in the second quarter, but still it's, it's generally like a 13 to 15 minute per game guy. They emptied the bench and Melton actually closed. Well, you know what I mean? Finished and mopped up. But what do you think the closing lineup looks like tonight? Assuming John Morant is out. Cause it's not but, Tillman.
1: Yeah. So the one caveat here and, and, Again, this goes back to Ant- – it came up in chat with Antoine, but he had said you wanted to play Steven Adams. Assuming Steven Adams is not starting, I still assume Adams isn't in the rotation. If you get a lineup change with Morant being out, then it wouldn't be shocking. And If Steven Adams starts, then one, I assume he's closing, and two, he's phenomenal at 3,200. But um, that aside, if we just assume that we're getting the same starting lineup as last game, but with Tyus Jones in place of Morant, then I assume the starting lineup is Morant, Bain, Brooks – Jackson, Clark, probably.
0: Morant. You said Morant. uh, No, uh,
1: I meant Jones, not Morant.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Jones, Clark, Bain.
1: So I for sure think it's Jones, Bain, Jackson, Brooks. Brooks. And then it's one of Melton, Clark, Anderson.
0: Right. Okay. It could definitely, it could be Melton. I don't know. Let's let's look at the rest of this team Then you've got Bain Brooks and Brooks has just been brutal, but his price is, is down and he's going to, you know, he's going to chuck today. Who, who do we see benefit the most outside of Tyus Jones from, from, from John? Morant? Of course it affects everybody. I, I totally understand that. But in terms of who benefits the most from John Morant's expected absence, not named Tyus Jones, who are we looking
1: at? I think it's Bain and, and Brooks. I mean, Brooks is going to shoot more, um, whether or not that goes in, who knows. But uh, 20 games without Morant this year, 29.4% usage rate for Brooks, um, 1.06 DraftKings points per minute, 14.5% assist percentage. So I think it makes him look better. I think that um, Bain should see more usage as well, and he is typically the more efficient of the two. Um in the games where brooks was in and morant was out this year uh, 19 of those games bane 1.18 DraftKings points per minute 23 and percent usage rate 17 and percent assist percentage so it does make me uh really like bane at 6200 it makes me like brooks even more at 5500 obviously we talked about jones melton looks good and then jaron jackson just continues to be a huge wild card as well because you never know exactly how many minutes he's gonna play But in 17 games without Morant this year uh, and with Bain and Brooks, 1.22 DraftKings points per minute and a 26% usage rate for Jackson at 6,300. There's a massive ceiling there as well.
0: Yeah. With Morant off just off the floor this season, Jackson's 1.27 DraftKings points per minute and a 30% usage rate too. So, they're good numbers. It's just a matter of how many minutes do you get from him. But I don't know. I think at this point, Jaron Jackson, if he's not in foul trouble, is very likely to play considerable minutes. Look at last game. He he, they, he came out along with these other starters with like six minutes left in the game, and he played 29 minutes. Played 29 minutes and lost six minutes in, in garbage time. So I, I think it's entirely possible that you might be getting a lot more minutes from John Moran than we've seen. And we saw him play, what, 33 and 30, or 34 and 31 minutes. So those limitations that we saw in his playing time before in that first series against Minnesota, even even without foul trouble, seemed to, to some extent be lifted here. Uh, he also fouled out in the game prior to last, and he lost four minutes there. So he was on pace for another 33 minutes.
1: Yeah. And especially with Morant being out, you know, you do need more offensive firepower. I think that plays to, to Jackson's strengths in terms of playing time as well. It's really just a matter of does he foul out or not? Um, I think from a projection standpoint, expecting 28 to 30 from Jackson is very reasonable. And like I said before, increased usage without Morant um, makes him look good. But, you know, there, there, there is, I think, if everything goes perfectly, you can get those 33, 34 minutes from Jackson. Obviously, if things go poorly, he can play less than 28 minutes. But Uh, From a projection standpoint, I'd expect 28 to 30 minutes from him. Anything else for Memphis? Um, Just to kind of, I guess, mention Steven Adams a little bit more. Because it is a really – I actually do think it's an interesting spot because he is 3,200. So, I think it's kind of – to me, it's kind of just like binary. If he's starting – He's one of the best values play him because that would be a sign that very clearly he's obviously in the rotation and getting minutes. If he's not starting, sure, you could get a random halftime adjustment. But also this being a Golden State game, it's not like they need Adams out there. Um, It's kind of a weird matchup for him anyway. So um, the way I'm I'm viewing it is like if he doesn't start at 3,200, yeah, there's still some bizarre circumstance where he ends up working out, but I won't have him. If he does start, I'll be swapping to as much Adams as I can get to.
0: Don't you think it's also possible that we just see a lot more Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson alongside each this other? This
1: is That's another reason why I don't think that... Like, I certainly lean towards... Even if they change the starting lineup, I think they just go smaller.
0: Because Clark's just far more versatile at this point.
1: And right. Like, y- yeah, you have Clark. You have Kylie Anderson, who, you know, can play multiple positions. Zaire Williams can play multiple positions. If this were a matchup against, like, Philadelphia, I'd be like, yeah, okay, maybe we, we see Adams come back. But here, it's just like, what's the... What's the point? Like I understand that you know Jones being out there is a different skill set than than John Morant, but against Golden State, I don't I, I I'd be surprised if they go if they decide to go bigger as opposed to just going smaller if they do change their lineup.
0: Talk about the Warriors. Oh, and 20 likes to 200. We had 80 likes with almost with 456 people watching. So if you haven't done so, I much appreciated you take that single second out of your life. And hit that thumbs up. 20, just 20 people. That's all we need. 20 people. If you're on your phone, click out of check. Hit that thumbs up. Click back in. Appreciate you in advance. We'll get there for sure. We got to get
1: there. One other point on Adams. Yeah, he was in protocol, but he'd also gotten kicked out of the rotation before that.
0: No, hey, he wasn't playing. Yeah. It didn't even matter. He wasn't playing. Right.
1: So. And yeah, yeah, you make adjustments, but what adjustment is Stephen Adams against Golden State?
0: I don't think it's a good adjustment is the thing. Right. I'm not really sure what that adjustment is.
1: I don't, like, I don't know why that would be an adjustment that makes more sense than, say, just replacing Xavier Tillman with Kyle Anderson or you know, Brandon Clark.
0: 100 likes. Boom. Thank you. I wouldn't ask if it didn't help us. This type of stuff, you know, you got to combat the YouTube algorithm. The overlords up there peering down upon us trying to make our lives miserable. That's probably not true, but it, it definitely helps. So thanks. Talk about the Warriors, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole coming up. This guy, what a revelation he has been. You had Steph Curry hurt, and and Jordan Poole just carrying the bulk of the load for Golden State. Even with Curry back, he's been great. 31, 20, and 27 actual points in this series against Memphis off the bench. Uh, I I don't know know, if we really want to pay this much for him, Adam you know, especially because he's been mostly a scorer. He did have that one big peripheral game uh, in game one, but let's actually start with Jordan Poole off the bench. What do you make of him with how well he's playing as a scorer, but also just the limitations when you're getting to this price point?
1: I think it kind of just makes him correctly priced, you know, coming off the bench. I still, I, I still think you're getting north of 30 minutes from him and he certainly has the upside as a scorer, but the concern is that, you know, he is, Pretty scoring dependent. Uh, he does have a 22.5% assist percentage in this series as well. Uh, leads the team with a 28.1% usage rate. The the thing is, like, this is just a situation that where yeah, yeah, um, he looks good because the usage is so high. And kind of like we were talking about with Jason Tatum, that does matter to me. You know, like, I certainly like Poole more because he has a 28% usage rate than I would if he didn't. But you still also want to keep in mind sort of what you expect to happen. And... During a playoff series, as the sample size gets larger, I fully expect Stephen Curry to have a higher usage rate than Jordan Poole, without a doubt. Um, I would expect Clay Thompson to as well, although Thompson has not really been great; hasn't looked good. Maybe Poole does, you know, hold him off. But at the very least, I expect that you see, you know, Curry end up with a higher usage rate than Poole. But that's not to say that Poole can't go out there any given game and still light up a seventy one hundred dollar price tag. So I think ownership, you know, matters to me in situations like this where it's a player that. Um, I think it's pretty much correctly priced right now. 23% ownership on pool, 22% chance of being in the optimal lineup. So more or less just kind of looks how he should.
0: What about Curry pulling 33% right now on a night where we're expected not to have John Morant? So that leaves you with Giannis and then a considerable step down in, in salary and, and just projection to Tatum and, and to Steph Curry. Cause there's, there's like multiple tiers here. There's Giannis tier. Then there's Tatum and Curry in their own tier. And then it drops down to like Holiday and Jalen Brown tier.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that Morant being out certainly helps Curry from a, a DFS standpoint. Um, You know, it doesn't matter from a, a real life standpoint. But um just because, you know, it's one less guy for him to compete with in that price range. 9,400 is pretty cheap for someone that's likely to play you know 36 to 38 minutes if this game's competitive he leads the team in minutes in this series he's at 1.2 DraftKings points per minute I think it makes Curry look very good and I have no issue with the 34 percent ownership coming into him
0: how about Draymond Green you know man's antics continue to impress me every game (laughs) and and now you have the the what am I missing? What am I missing with this ownership on on Draymond Green at 43 percent? Like, t- tell me, in, you know, enlighten me, because I'm not saying he can't put up strong games, but Draymond Green at this point, I, that is just he's not that cheap.
1: Here's my issue with Draymond Green. So I, I think the reason the ownership is there is just that he's at a price range that is really useful. Like if you look at all the guys in that price range, you know, uh, Brooks at 5,500 is pulling 39%. Green's at 42. Um, Bain is at 40 at, at 6,200. Jackson's only at 28%. That's a very interesting pivot spot. Um, but I, I think that just from a roster building standpoint, that, that uh, price point is useful. The issue I have with Green at this ownership is that I, I, I like Desmond Bain without John Morant more than I like Draymond, and Bain's getting slightly less ownership. Um, if you're going to give me that ownership gap between Draymond and Jaron Jackson, I'm taking I, – I love Jaron Jackson, given that. Um, so I, I like Draymond Green. I think he projects well. I think he's a useful piece. I don't think he should be pulling more ownership than all of Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson. Um, it's just a situation where, like, yeah, he's a good play, but with it being a two-game slate, it can be pretty difficult to find uh, – good spots to, to make pivots, um, you know, without say turning Tyus Jones into a guy that might not play in Steven Adams. Um, it, it can be difficult to find like good spots. And I think that this is a good spot where, you know, if Draymond continues to be projected for more ownership than all of those guys, yeah, in some cases you're not getting a huge discount, you know, in, in terms of ownership, but like Jaron Jackson specifically getting two thirds, the ownership of green, I think looks really good. And then You know, even just getting, you know, to more Baines and Brooks at Bain and Brooks and then, you know, getting away from green and going somewhere else. The way things look right now makes sense. And it's not an indictment on green. I still think he's a good play. I think he projects well for his salary. It's just that I don't think he should be the highest owned out of that group. I
0: feel the same way. It's a it's a very it's a lot of ownership going to dream hungry. Clay Thompson is another one of these guys where it's it's just a lot of it's hit or miss with clay. You know, if he's shooting poorly and he has in a lot of these games, right? Six for 19, five for 19 as someone who doesn't rack up a ton of peripheral stats, save for nine rebounds. in some of these games, oddly enough that he's falling into, if, if clay's not knocking down his shots, he's not coming close to paying off 7,400. So it's really just, if clay's shooting, well, you could get there and have a monster game. You could have like a Jordan pool game from game one, but you know, without the eight assists, but then you could get a 25 fantasy point game. I, I don't mean to make it sound so simple, but it kind of is with Clay Thompson.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, he truly is scoring dependent and he's not even shooting that much so far in the series. Only a 20 and a half percent usage rate, um, but a 12 percent assist percentage, six percent rebounding percentage. Yeah. If his shots fall like it, it really is. If Clay Thompson makes 10 three-pointers, you're going to wish he was in your lineup. If he doesn't, you're probably not. Yeah, And, you know, obviously that's not particularly useful, but it does from like a a macro standpoint, you know, you you get guys like that. And typically it's just when they're low-owned, I like to play them. When they're popular, I don't. Um, because the ceiling is still there. They're just not that likely to hit it right now. We have Thompson at 30% projected ownership, only about a 24% chance of being optimal. So um, if, if that holds, I doubt I really get there too much. Um, for example, like he's getting more ownership than Jordan Poole. I would just rather take the lower owned one out of those two.
0: Yeah, me too. Especially because Poole can get actually get it done in a variety of ways. It's not to say that he will, but definitely a greater shot of, of that than, than clay Thompson. But ownership's pretty similar on those guys. And you know, if somebody asked who breaks the slate today, not including Tyus Jones at his ownership, could Poole or Clay Thompson have one of those insane games? Yeah, they could. They're both getting like 25%, which really isn't that much. I think Jaron Jackson could be that guy as well.
1: Jackson would be my answer right now.
0: Yeah, me too. But I was just, you know, on the topic of, of the Warriors.
1: Yeah. Even Brandon oh, on the topic K- of Golden State, I mean, any of them but like, like from an ownership state, if we're saying like lower owned, then I would say one of pool or Thompson just because yeah, know, getting less ownership and we know that they're both capable of just taking over a game offensively.
0: The close or out the rest of golden state for us, uh, Wiggins Porter, he's probable for this game. That's the only guy on the injury report tonight for the golden state warriors.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, beyond the, the main pieces, you know, Porter at 4,100 looks, okay. If you need to get to that price point, played 24 minutes last game. He's probable today, like you said. Um, so it's not anything I'm excited about, but I don't, I don't hate getting there. Uh, Kevon Looney played 17 minutes last game. I doubt that I, I need that. Um, one thing, if you are playing, like if you're, insisting that you're going to play some $3,200 Steven Adams. And then it turns out he's not starting, which I don't think he's going to. Um, you at least do have Looney as a pivot in this game. So you're not just absolutely dead. Uh, but, you know, again, that's not a strategy that I plan on using. Hey,
0: follow Adam at Ship My Money, DFS. Me at Lafayette underscore D. Miguel McDonald said, Lafayette, can you end the show with a sneak peek at your favorite prop today? Thank you. I didn't ask you for that plug, but check it out. Monday through Friday uh, over on the Odd Shopper channel. Do the top NBA props, top NBA bets for the day. Usually try and give out four of those each day. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. But I don't know, Miguel. I haven't, I haven't done it yet. I do it right after this. I do it right after this, and then I try and try and get that out so it's ready for two p.m. I'd love to have you guys hang out and uh, sweat some, sweat some bets, tail some bets with us today. Shout out to Jordan Klein as always, producing today's show. Getting up early on the on the West Coast. And you got mlb strategy show coming up right after this with terry mcbride and eric Lindquist. don't go anywhere we'll see we, you back here next time oh whoa 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 stop the music all right the one from miss eunuch i think yeah. i saw it and just forgot uh so sorry about that good, good thing catch. i'm
1: hanging out in chat i got
0: it yeah you're good for something today <laughs> does desmond bain usage increase without Morant?
1: Uh, yeah, and, and I'm glad that that came up because there was actually a good point in chat, too, that I had forgotten to mention. Um, Yes, Desmond Bain's usage does increase without Morant. Um, it goes up like three to four points during the regular season. Bain is playing through an injury and he has been dog shit in this series. So I'm not saying like, like I'm still playing Bain because I don't know how to quantify the injury. I don't know. How he's feeling today um it is just a little bit of an added risk factor on him that he does have a 14 and a half percent usage rate so far in this series he's shot poorly he's averaging like half of a fantasy point per minute um but yes his usage rate does go up assuming that he's not like crippled and just playing through some massive injury um assuming that it's more you know just something that's going to get better game by game um the, the usage rate does go up it's just i guess kind of a matter of how hurt is he
0: all right good stuff good catch We'll see you guys back here tonight. A lot of NBA content coming up. MLB strategy show coming up next. Peace.